Welcome to the Judge John Hodgman podcast. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. This week, gross misconduct. Molly brings the case against her mom, Susan. Molly says that Susan has a habit of clipping her fingernails at inappropriate times. Susan says she follows proper etiquette and tries to be discreet. Who's right? Who's wrong? Only one man can decide. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman enters the courtroom. Mysterious whisper, mysterious whisper, mysterious whisper, mysterious whisper. Bailiff Jesse Thorne, welcome back. Now swear them in. Please rise and raise your right hands. Do you swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help you God, or whatever? I do. Do Do you swear to abide by Judge John Hodgman's ruling, despite the fact that his fingernails are (laughs) self-clipping? I do. (laughs) Probably, or I do. Very well. Judge Hodgman? Molly and Susan, you may be seated. For an immediate summary judgment in one of yours favors, can you name the piece of culture I referenced as I entered the courtroom? Referenced, sang beautifully, I dare say. <laughs> Molly? I, I can't, I didn't want it to stop, but I also didn't know what it was. They did stop. I sang the entire thing. That is the entire song. <laughs> I, I, I cannot name that reference. Susan, can you name the song, the entire song that I sang? No, I can't even. I grew up with Motown, and I can't even name those songs. Hey, Bailiff Jesse Thorne. Yes? Though I am still in the state of Maine, formerly part of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, you are in Los Angeles, and it's great to have you back. On your very popular and accomplished interview show, Bullseye, have you ever interviewed the band They Might Be Giants? I have interviewed the band They Might Be Giants. John Flansburg re- and you... John Linnell. That's right. Those are the two They Might Be Giants. Now, do you can you name the song that I just sang? Oh, so that last question was a setup for this question? <laughs> All of my questions are setups. The only for questions that I may not ask for years. <laughs> <laughs> The only They Might Be Giants song that I'm comfortable naming is Robot Parade. Wrong. All guesses are wrong. <laughs> you guys, the song, I suppose, is called Mysterious Whisper because those are the only lyrics in it. However, it is only one of 21 short songs which together make up the suite of songs called Fingertips by They Might Be Giants, which was interspersed throughout their 1992 album, Apollo 18. Apollo 18, uh, the Giants said, uh, was designed to be listened on shuffle so that uh, bits and bobs of fingertips uh, would uh, would come up as you listened uh, randomly. Bits and bobs of fingertips is a disgusting thing to say. But I <laughs> chose to reference that song because there are not a lot of cultural references involving fingernails. <laughs> so in, me- in many ways... Molly and Susan, we are, we are, we are clipping new territory. Cool. Molly, Molly, yes. you are the daughter. Is that correct? That is correct. And Susan, you're the mother. Yes. All right, Molly. What is the nature of your complaint against your poor mom? Okay. Um, so this 
the the more recent conversation arose the last time that my mom was visiting me in New York um, because she was clipping her fingernails at my kitchen counter, which mm-hmm. is not actually a strange behavior for her. I think that my understanding is that she thinks it's acceptable to clip your finger or toenails anywhere as long as you gather the clippings in a little pile and then sweep them into your hand and then put them in a waste receptacle. So I see. Uh, this, may I say? May I say this just as a quick response? Gross. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, I, I have to. I have to interrupt just for one moment here because that term "gross" <laughs> has been credited to me, and I took that credit because I find it fun to say, and I've said it before. It was only recently that I realized that I was cribbing an aside made several times by the great actor Mark Evan Jackson in the Thrilling Adventure Hour podcast and stage show in the personage of Sparks, Nevada, Marshall of Mars. So I apologize, Mark Evan Jackson. Everyone go subscribe to Thrilling Adventure Hour and come see us in New York on October 11th. There's that. Then also, mm-hmm. I forgot to mention, I am in Maine still, and specifically at WERU, sitting across the board from Joel here at WERU, which is having its pledge drive, which might be over by the time you hear this, but why don't you go to WERU.org and check out this fine radio station and give them some money. I'm going to do so today, Joel. Don't let me leave until I give you money. Now, Molly, Susan, we've heard, Susan, that you're clipping your fingernails all over the place. Before I... I give you a chance to respond, before I give you a chance to respond, madam, <laughs> Molly, may I presume you want me to prohibit your mother from ever clipping her nails so that they become three to nine feet long, Ripley's Believe It or Not style? Well, so I I would love for her just to admit that um, the the incident that I'd like to describe to you was way over the line and uh, is disgusting, and and then further if. If you think that there is some appropriate punishment, I would love for some punishment to be doled out. Yes. No, you need to tell me what, what the damages are that you want. I'm tired of doing all this work for you guys. <laughs> um, never being allowed to clip her nails again would be great. Maybe, but she's allowed to bite her nails. Just You don't, not you don't even want what? her to clip her nails again in life? <laughs> Um, you want her? You want to push her towards biting her nails? Do I get to rest the case now? How about how about she's allowed to clip her toenails? She's only allowed to clip her toenails if she's also digging in her nose for a giant booger. How about that? She's a, you don't want her to clip her nails at all. But I haven't even described to you. So the kitchen counter was actually just the impetus for our conversation about what happened a few years ago, which is what I'm actually bringing right. her to court for. Paint, paint the picture. Susan, you're going to get your, your chance to respond. I sure okay. I can so. T- I, can okay. Tell, I, can tell, I can tell you're sharpening your clippers right now. Absolutely. <laughs> just keep them sharp. Keep them sharp, Mama. Okay. Oh, they, I think they always are. And, and if they're not, her backup pair is. <laughs> So what happened? What happened that caused? What happened that caused you to have a conversation, okay, a family so conversation she, about your mother's nail clipping habits? So that a, f- a few years ago, my mom was visiting me in New York, and she was actually staying a few blocks away from me at um, at a hotel. And we went out to dinner one night. Where did you go? And uh, we went to a place called Sidecar, which I think is actually in the neighborhood where you may. Yes, I will Resign. allow buzz marketing of Sidecar. I knew that that's where you went because okay. you you wrote it to me. Yes, but I was pretending like we're just having a convo. 
Great. Okay. And I will allow, even though I am in, I am in Maine, I'm thinking of home. Yes. Because so we're, it, it so turn, we're it hanging turns out. Into autumn, it turns into autumn on August 10th here in Maine, and it's freezing, and I want to go home. But uh, Sidecar is a terrific restaurant. What did you What did you have for dinner? Do you remember, Molly? Um, I mean, my it's like my memory of dinner was erased by this horrific event. And what did your mom do? <laughs> what is it your mom did? So, but and this follows a few other nail clipping, at least one toenail. I don't want to hear about incident. that. I want to hear about what okay. happened. I want to hear about what happened in Sidecar. Okay, so we're at Sidecar, and we have, we have not... already established that your mom is a serial clipper. Yes. Clearly. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> so. Madam, I will I will have order in my court. Okay. Sorry. Okay. I know order. I know you get your way. I know you get your way at the restaurant <laughs> and at your at your daughter's house. I wish. But this is but this is my house. Okay. okay. So so we're at Sidecar and I was looking down probably at the menu and I, I I'm not sure if the waitress was standing next to me. That's my memory, but I could be wrong about that. That was two years ago. And I heard that, like, tink, tink sound that you hear when you're clipping your fingernails. And I looked up completely aghast, like, in disbelief. And my mom was clipping her nails in her lap at the dinner table at Sidecar. This this actually occurred. And I think I said... Is your, madam, is your personal vanity... (laughs) At a restaurant called Sidecar, and you can just pop in and grab your fingernail clippers? I I think that some of us are going to dispute what are being presented as quote-unquote facts. But I I will await my turn. I could hear your well-trimmed nails forming the quotation marks as (laughs) you spoke. Of course. (laughs) So so I think what I said to her was... By the way, Molly, your, your vocal imitation of the sound of fingernail clippers was uncanny. Thank you. You're the Michael Winslow of fingernail clippers. Yeah, it's bur- it's burned into my memory. Tink, tink. <laughs> am I causing you post-traumatic stress? Uh, I'm okay. It's sort of a telltale on? heart type situation. Right. All right. So she clipped her nails at the table. Is this a true fact, Molly, or is it not a true fact? Oh, this is 100% a true fact. I and have for this reason, witnesses. you want me to ban her from clipping her fingernails forever? Um, or just make her admit that that's disgusting. And, okay. and inappropriate. Okay, child, be quiet. Okay. Mother. Yes. What did you have what did you have for dinner at this fingernail fest? I don't remember. I was thinking, Molly and I talked yesterday, and I was certain that it occurred last December, which I I remember the dinner. But but and I I'm so sure of it. But she said that both she and her husband say that it, no 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 it was a long time ago. And I therefore, to, I, I think they're just trying to gaslight a poor old lady who doesn't remember <laughs> things very well. Yeah, no kidding. Which one of you had the fried chicken for heaven's sake? <laughs> I'm, I probably did. The yeah. dinner, so the, best, the dinner I thought it happened York. at was pizza. Does hey. does sidecar have pizza? No. No. Oh, oh, yeah. okay. Okay, and, well. And Susan, and Susan, just be quiet for a second because I'm trying to get a free dinner at Sidecar when I get back to Brooklyn. <laughs> Best fried chicken in New York, period. The kale salad with the bacon is good, but last time I was there, they didn't cook the bacon enough, which was a little, to quote Mark Evan Jackson, gross. But that was a very, that was a, that was a weird thing. Otherwise, Sidecar is good. And you shouldn't clip your fingernails into your food or into your lap. 
<laughs> Susan, what was going on? Why did you do this? Okay. Since I since I'm wrong about when it occurred and it occurred so long ago and because I'm having to operate with a geriatric memory, all I can come from is a position of that I was reared by a Southern mother who cited Emily Post fairly routinely to me and my brother. And I, okay, I start out by saying, absolutely, of course, it is not good etiquette, generally, to clip (laughs) one's nails in a restaurant, or generally in public, actually. And there is zero question in my mind that what happened, which doesn't happen routinely, but I think most people can relate to this and have done it at one time or another, is then I had a hangnail. I realized as we were sitting at the table, I'm sure, that I had a hangnail that was, I was starting to, it was starting to tear into the quick of my nail. And knowing me, which again, I think most people can relate to, I would have been picking at it and probably ended up with a bloody nail. So I think having been (laughs) tutored in Emily Post etiquette, I'm keenly aware that context matters. I was with family. And yes, the other public was there. Would I even... Yeah, were you related to everyone in the restaurant, madam? No, no. (laughs) But, but, and, and I was going to point out... Actually, in that setting, it's not as if I intended for Molly to see it. And I I have to believe that Molly's memory, her 32-year-old memory or whatever it is, is failing her because there's no question in my mind she did not hear clip, 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 because it would have been one nail only. I don't know. No, get- I didn't I didn't hear clip clip, I heard tink. <laughs> How okay. many, how many, how many tink tinks did you hear, Molly? I, I don't think that I could say with 100% certainty how many tink tinks there were. At least two. But no one is disputing that some clipping happened. No. At least one clip. Correct. And I will, I will argue that undoubtedly it was below the table and that Molly was sitting in a position at the table that she saw me, even though I would have intended that she even not see me. So definitely, unless she has testimony, sworn affidavits from the public at large that happened to be in that restaurant, then I am relatively certain that no one else heard or saw it and that it was at most, it would be only one nail. I would have been doing it lower than the tabletop with in mind the the public at large that was oh, there. So you see, Molly, Molly, you see no one, no one could have seen or heard it, right? <laughs> um, I, that's why, I believe that's that, why, that that might be that's true. That's why I always bring uh, my victims to the dark woods before I murder them. <laughs> <laughs> because if it's not seen and not heard... <laughs> it isn't. It isn't a crime, according to Emily Post. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And may I? May I respond, or should I wait? Let me ask you a question, Molly. Okay. Did you? Did you call your mother out in the moment? Did you say, 
something at that moment? To- yes. All, all that I said was we made eye contact. I looked, to, I'm sure, just completely horrified. <laughs> and I said, Mom. And she gave me, this, this is actually kind of what happens in these um, situations. If she says something or gives me a look that indicates like, oh, quippy and so uptight. And she kind of like rolled her eyes and yeah. put her fingernail clippers this away. Brooklyn, this is what we do here. <laughs> everybody's, wear, everybody's wearing uh, beards and their underwear to dinner and a hat. <laughs> Clip my nails. My my mother taught me never to wear a beard or underwear to restaurants, especially in Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think that that is in Emily Post. I think you're absolutely right. Oh, yeah. Did it occur to you? Did it occur to you, Susan, that you might have excused yourself to go to the the special room that some restaurants provide, where bodily functions can be attended to? No. And and part of that reason is that, you know, um, etiquette has to do with social mores and, and norms. And since the days that I, I went back when I was being tutored in Emily Post, women wore in the South, they wore gloves to the doctor's office. And I would argue, and I suspect that the three of us could agree, that Social mores have really run amok in our country, and I don't even think that's okay. But certainly, I, I, I think that even if I messed up and somebody did see me, and, you know, I didn't intend for Molly to see me, but if, I, if someone else saw me, including Molly, they could observe and their perception of my intent, which is even more important than my actual intent, was that I was dealing with a problem with a nail as opposed to simply sitting at a dinner out in public clipping my nails, which, of course, I would never do. All right, Susan. <laughs> yes. Do you, do, you, do you currently work or are you retired? I'm retired. And what are you retired from? Oh, lots of Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Teaching French, selling shoes, doing computer programming, writing technical documentation. And and on the side, my avocation, of course, was reading both Emily Post and um, Miss Manners. I love it all. I love it all. And I love you. And if you listen to this podcast, you know I tend to side with moms and dads. Oh, good. <laughs> but, but I, but I have to tear apart all that nonsense. You just talk to me. Oh no, no! None of that. None of that made any sense at all. First of, first of, first of all, you're talking about shifting social mores, which we can all agree are true. I see people bringing wearing hats into restaurants all the time. Uh, uh, grown-ups letting their kids wear hats at at a restaurant table. The worst. <laughs> I see it happening all the time, and I, like you, lament the decline of uh, of civilized behavior in a restaurant. Do I wear my hat in a restaurant because I de- despise the other people who do? No, I take my hat off because I have control over my own will. I will do the right thing even if people are doing the wrong thing. What protest are you making by clipping your nails? 
if you agree that clipping your nails in a restaurant is gross. I, I didn't agree. Two. Excuse me, madam. I will have order. Okay. Yes. Yes, sir. Two. You insulted, you insulted my neighborhood by talking about what a gross place this was, such that you could clip your nails with impunity in this, in this hellhole, <laughs> which is no way to win in my courtroom. Three. You make some you, the, you you make an illogical argument. You make a fallacy by saying I did it in a way that no one could see me. But everyone should have seen that I was dealing with a very specific problem which was a hangnail, which is somehow more acceptable than a normal clipping of nails. And and many of those statements are contradictory. Now if I were you, madam, I would simply say, "Look, I know what's right. I know what's wrong." I've read Emily Post, and I'm going to tell you that over and over again. In this case, I had something that was hurting me. I had a chance to fix it. I did the wrong thing. It was a fingernail crime of passion. I'm sorry. <laughs> Why don't you just acknowledge this and move on with your life rather than bring us through this tortured... Is it so difficult for you to admit that Molly had a point? Is, yes. is there... Is, is there... No. <laughs> Is there a sentencing phase to this? Oh, I've not made a verdict. Oh, okay, okay. I did not disagree that what she was saying in as a general rule is true. I do agree with that. I don't think I did it with impunity. I'm old enough to know that one can almost never be 100% certain of something. And therefore... The risk of committing what would be a crime, perhaps, depending on the viewer, has to be considered. And I really thought I was keeping it away from the public. I, I still say that we have known, no known testimony of corroborating evidence that Molly heard anything. Um, I might have back then, but it's been so long ago, I don't know, I might have back then thought that it was okay for Molly to see it because I happen to know that, I mean, I see her all the time um, picking up gradu, as her dad used to call it, off the kitchen floor, putting it in her mouth. She might sniff it first, then she puts it in her mouth without even knowing what she's eating it's like stimulus response it's reflex right. behavior so 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 your so your response just so i understand you, you you know you know what you did was wrong but your daughter is a liar who eats garbage <laughs> that's your, i i that's would your say that's oh, a, like that's a loose summary of what i mean I on the plus that. side judge hodgman she may be a liar who eats garbage but she does wear gloves to the doctor's office <laughs> That was my mother who wore gloves to the doctor's office. I went Susan, to Cal Berkeley in the 60s. Susan, I'm a ama- I'm a look, you first of all, you must understand that I have great affection for you and appreciation for you. I'm a, I'm amazed at the lengths to which you are going to uh to defend yourself against uh or, or to excuse rather uh the 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 germ an undisputed germ of this case which is that you clipped your t- nails under the table at a restaurant. And I would argue that anyone who saw it, if they if they were able to determine, oh, that's 
that you were clipping a hangnail, they wouldn't say, look at the sweet old lady clipping a hangnail. They would say, gross, but that's fine. You go to great <laughs> lengths, including accusing your daughter of eating garbage off the floor. <laughs> and I admire your heel digging in. Okay. Susan. Yes. Uh, uh, are you are you still married? <laughs> no, he divorced me after I uh, I flossed my teeth in front of him. <laughs> That's not true, is it? <laughs> That's what he thought. Actually, no. But he did divorce me, and I actually do think we. <laughs> We had I different only views about. Say, actually, oh, I'm so glad you brought this up. Actually, because I, here we go. <laughs> I actually pointed out poor Molly. I point out to him that he shouldn't be clipping his fingernails in a board meeting. What do we think right. about that? This is when, this is actually part of my mom's defense: is that she knows when it is and is not appropriate to clip her nails. Because once she told my dad not to clip his nails in a board meeting. Yeah, your your memory your memory is serving you pretty. When when would that have been, Susan? That's because all old people remember stuff from way long ago. They can't. Re- I I can't remember what I did right before we, I walked into the courtroom. But hey, I I understand. No, believe me, I I I completely understand. I don't know where I am right now. <laughs> You're in Maine. Oh, that's right. At, at the studios of WERU here in Blue Yes, Maine. yes. Make sure you pledge at WERU.org. Tell them will. John and Joel sent you. Okay. Uh, I, I didn't mean to ask such a personal question, only that you had referred to him in the past tense, and I was just trying to ascertain whether he was a part of your life, and if he was not, was he still living or not? And what, He's, He so now, still is, yeah. and we're all very happy. We, very even, well. we do family things together. So what, what did your... What did your ex-husband call the junk that Molly would pick up off the floor and eat? I'm not well, sure he saw her do that because he was oh, out spin, working a... with her husband. This I, the, the latest instance of this was when I was in her kitchen in Brooklyn maybe a, two or three weeks ago and her daughter was eating lunch and so Ron and, and her husband were doing house projects outside and she was just eating off the floor from and I also at this point I need to correct something I have never clipped my toenails in front of Molly which that's that's not true really well we will agree to disagree and neither of us has sworn testimony for corroboration or not no, we won't agree to disagree. I'm going to decide. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. So do, do oh. you think that I clipped my toenails in her kitchen? Susan? Yes. I'm going to do some investigation and see if I can come to the truth of the matter. Okay. But I, I appreciate your warning that Molly is not to be trusted. She's, <laughs> she's an untrustworthy garbage eater who might say anything. <laughs> I won't trust the garbage that falls out of her mouth. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Your Honor. I think the boldest allegation is not simply the garbage eating, but the indiscriminate garbage eating. (laughs) If I'm not mistaken, she was accused of eating things off of the ground without even checking what they are. Sounds like something that my dog Coco would do and something that my dog Sissy would not do. Only one of my two dogs would do that. Yeah, I can't completely deny that, but I can't decide the point. (laughs) All right, Molly. Your mother, your your mother Susan, made reference 
and I was trying to get to the bottom of this, but I feel we went off on about 15 different tangents regarding boardrooms and daughters and Ron. There was a word that she used to describe the garbage that you eat off the kitchen floor. And I thought that she said that it was your father who used this word. Did you hear that part of of her testimony? Yeah. And what's that word? I don't, she said it started with a G, I think. It's gradu, it's gradu, and it wasn't in the moment. He refers to little bits of stuff in various circumstances as gradu, and I think it's a great word. And I do think it's. Gradu, you're a French teacher. Does that, does that have, does it have some Latin? Uh, I would just, all I can say is if I were in Paris, I'd say gradu. Gradu. Merci beaucoup. See, but it, oui. is, it, is it is it something is it something that you some some little morsel or treat or or unexpected little treasure that you find and you call it a gradu because it is some somehow a thanks to God. I, I think it has a little bit of to do with density. It has some density and it probably has some like sticky gumminess to it. But then I, probably flaky stuff coming or or like particles that are All right. coming off of it you you the 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 uh, that's all gross what you're just saying is really gross to me and all the listeners yes you're i had to watch cutting it cutting your toenails right now no no as far as i'm no. concerned no. i'm Molly's asking you about the etymology of a word and you start describing flaky <laughs> what is the what is the word can anyone answer me Gradu. How do you spell it? G-R-A-D-O-U, which probably says it came from French. So that's that's any any flaky, sticky, sticky any, yes. oozy, pussy bit of garbage that someone Actually, might pick could, up and eat. I just, I learned the word in the context of him, and I'm describing it as he used it. I, 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 I apologize for, for walking us down this icky flaky road molly hello yes hi welcome welcome back molly thanks uh, has your mother clipped her toenails in front of you yes um right. at my old apartment my mom once clipped her toenails in my living room are and you li- are you li- are you lying through your garbage encrusted teeth <laughs> no all right molly is it you sent in some evidence of <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure what it. I'm not sure what it has to do with this case, but you sent yeah, so, some evidence. Can you can you describe the video I'm about to watch? Yes. Oh, have you watched it yet? Yes, I've watched it. Okay. <laughs> I just I was a little scared of your first time reaction. Um, this so video uploaded April 12 to 2012. So the reason I said this in, I w- visit subtitled "Mom on the Floor," and I will describe <laughs> what I'm seeing. I am seeing a, a, an older woman that I presume to be Susan lying down on the floor with her feet up uh, on a on a chair, and then a younger woman grabs the camera and and begins to sing karaoke into a whisk, and a whole the whole side of the room is given over to this karaoke. Uh, and what is the song that is being sung? Is that you singing the song, Molly? That that is my sister Christy. Um, okay. I think so that the song is called "She's Having My Baby." She's having my baby, <laughs> and now and now your mom is on the floor doing 
some leg exercises. Scissors kicks some... to keep my tummy very strong and oh, useful. Right, okay. And now you're doing a, a whole dance routine. And you're yeah. and then the camera turns to I think Molly, this is your husband, and you ask him, What do you think of your in laws? <laughs> and, and I think he gave me a skeptical look. Uh, okay. Let me ask you a question about this video. Uh, Susan, what were you doing on the floor? I think I was relaxing. As they, I, I am notoriously horrible at karaoke. And um, therefore, I don't participate. But, right. you know, I was enjoying the, enjoying the moment as they were doing karaoke. All right. And Molly wrote in when submitting the evidence that at the beginning of the video, which you can listen to on the show page, uh, you can, you can, she could hear you talking to yourself. <laughs> Is that right, Molly? Yes. What was she saying? Um, I'm not, I'm not sure how um, coherent or sensical it was. The reason that I sent it in was at the, at the same dinner at which the nail clipping incident occurred, my mom had, she ordered a whole lot of cocktails, or many, many cocktails called Lime Lime Rickies. Mm-hmm. And, um, They're delicious. They're yeah. yum, yum, yummy. Right. So, <laughs> How many Lime Lime so so Rickies have you had? Objection, Your Honor. Honor. <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed to say objection, but I'm just uncomfortable with letting their yum, yum, yummy lie. <laughs> They you know were. what? I think it helps my case to I'll be talking it speaks, about. It speaks to the character of the witness. <laughs> but also, people people want to be enjoying their yum yum yummy cocktails at the bar that do not have fingernail clippings in them. It's relevant. <laughs> all right, all right. I'm trying to I'm trying to get to the bottom. What what is the point? First of all, what is the point of taking an embarrassing video of your poor mother and putting it on the internet? Oh, well, I did not put it on the internet. That was my sister, Christy. The reason that I sent in the video was because I was trying to kind of, I was trying to figure out what, like, when it was and what I very specifically remembered from that evening. And that's actually all that I had that was an actual piece of evidence that that evening occurred, was that video. Let me also tragically. explain to the listening audience, but you'll see, is that this is karaoke that is happening in someone's apartment with four people in almost total <laughs> darkness. It is one of the weirdest and creepiest videos. I, I feel like this is a video that I would fi- that I would find in the basement of of a, of a shack in the woods that had burned down. Yes, it's a weird video. And Molly took it. And I don't see what point it serves whatsoever, Molly, other than to humiliate your poor mother. Yeah, that was my fear in sending it in. I I. I perhaps was um, attempting a little bit of character assassination. <laughs> what kind of food are you eating off the floor, Molly? <laughs> um, huh. I, I guess usually I'm eating something that my two-year-old has just dropped. Radu. <laughs> Which is grosser. <laughs> are you doing this in a restaurant or are you doing this in your home? Oh, no, I definitely do not eat off the floor, <laughs> but in my home. Susan, do you live alone? Yes. Where do you live? Denver. Denver, Colorado, the Maya And City. Peru. I live in Lima, Peru, five months a year, seven months a year. I live in Denver. Is Peru a, a country or just something your ex-husband made up? It's a country. You live in Lima, Peru, seven months out of the year? 
Five months. Five seven months. months out, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. I love it. Do you have a home? Do you have a home there? I rent an apartment. And what do you do when you're in Lima? All the same things I do here, but probably I eat better because I don't live in Brooklyn. Although Denver has great food too. Why but... are you doing this, Susan? Why are you trashing my home? I oh, I actually oh, Molly, Molly can say that I actually have been wanting to move to Brooklyn. I although I love Denver, I th- I think Denver's one of the greatest places in the world. Where I live in Lima is one of the most wonderful places for me anyway and think, so is Brooklyn. I don't, think, I don't think I don't think you should move to I don't think you should move to Brooklyn. I don't think <laughs> you want to be that close to sea level. <laughs> I think you thrive in in low oxygen environments. <laughs> well, no. Lima is on the it, it, Lima is oh, sea it's level. It's, it's on the area. coast. Oh, right. Okay. Man, I got it wrong. I got it wrong. This you won that one, Susan. Thank you. It's about How many years have you been going to Lima, Peru? Molly, be quiet. I'm talking about Lima now. Seven okay. years. Seven years. And what brought you there for the first time? Oh, I, I was a tourist in uh, primarily in Chile, and I lost my passport and ended up in Lima for f- a four-day stay. And the guy that was driving me around to all the places and I didn't speak any I didn't speak any Spanish but the when I lost my passport it was a, a crash situation I mean I was fending for my life on the streets because there was no hotel so I learned I I was conversational in the 4 days by the time I got to Lima because I'd been think, thinking in French when people were talking in Spanish and that had worked pretty well and I fell in love with the culture and the food. Peruvian cuisine is out of this world and it's a third the uh, cost of living that we have in the United States. So I, I'm a walking advertisement for Peru. So basically you fell down the stairs one day and you didn't have your passport and you found yourself in Lima for a while, and you liked it. And there you now go. And have you been to Machu Picchu? Finally, it's funny. It took me three years to to go there. Well, it's a long, it's a long, it's a long road. Molly, you have a sister. Mm-hmm. Do you? What is your sense of the likelihood? You have a daughter as well, right? <laughs> yes. What is the sense? Uh, what is your sense of your of the likelihood? that when your daughter is your age, that you will be as wonderfully eccentric, argumentative, likely to lose your passport, <laughs> and and all in all, adorably weird as your mom. <laughs> I think, well, it becomes, you said, what do I think the likelihood is? Yeah, 50%, I, 60%, 0%. Yeah, that percentage probably goes up each year that you would ask me that question. Right now... So, Incorrect, 100%. I've heard everything that I need to hear. I'm going to go into my chambers. I'm going to to accidentally find myself in Peru, where I keep my secret chambers at sea level, and I'll be back in a moment to render my decision. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. Molly, you brought this case against your mom. How are you feeling about your chances right now? I'm feeling pretty confident. Your mom's pretty charming. You know that, right? <laughs> I, I know, but I don't, I, I don't think that the judge will be persuaded by charm. I think he will rule based on the facts. And the fact is that clipping your toenails, clipping your fingernails, 
not just at dinner, but at a restaurant at dinner. I mean, come on, right? It's gross. Yeah. <sighs> Clearly. Wait, is this America or is this? Anyway, Susan. Yes. How do you feel about your chances? Well, I think there's hope, but uh, initially I had no hope. It was coming along better toward the end, but I may be looking at trying to testify at the uh, at a sentencing. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> yeah. Did any at any point did you consider just throwing yourself upon the mercy of the court? That's something that people talk about a lot, but I don't really know what it means. Oh, it's probably not in my personality. <laughs> Do you, are, That's true. Can I ask you a question as a resident of Lima, Peru? Should sure. I be con- should I consider you a flight risk? Uh, whoa, no, because I have I have three kids in the United States, so I would never permanently leave the United States. I have a son in San Jose and Molly in Brooklyn, and then the karaoke singer is in Kentucky. I bet you love visiting your son in San Jose. Do you know that I have I have yet to go there? He does not know that. <laughs> <laughs> I I hope the judge takes into consideration the the mental deterioration that is affected when we have kids that badger them, badger us. <laughs> well, we'll see what Judge John Hodgman has to say about all of this when we come back in just a second with his verdict. Okay. You're listening to Judge John Hodgman. I'm bailiff Jesse Thorne. Of course, the Judge John Hodgman podcast always brought to you by you, the members of MaximumFun.org. Thanks to everybody who's gone to MaximumFun.org slash join. And you can join them by going to MaximumFun.org slash join. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Babbel. Okay, it's 2024, 2024. Oh, if hindsight were 2020, I I don't know what I would have done differently. All I know is that I'm taking every day in this year and trying to get better a little bit every day. That's what you do. That's the way progress is made, step by step, day by day, bird by bird. And that's the way it is when you're learning anything, especially a new language with Babbel. And if Babbel can help you start speaking language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in the rest of this whole year. Don't pay hundreds of dollars to private tutors or waste hours on apps that don't really help you speak the language. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts, real human beings, to help you start speaking a new language in as little as one, two, three weeks. Studies from Michigan State University, Yale University, and others continue to prove that Babbel is better. And that's not just the Yale football team putting their thumb on the scale because they love learning Indonesian from Babbel. One study found that using Babbel for 15 hours is equivalent to a full semester at college. Take that, Yale, I guess. Here's a special limited-time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 55% off your Babbel subscription, but this is only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Hodgman. The Judge John Hodgman podcast is also brought to you this week by Aura. A-U-R-A. It's a simple but meaningful gift that you can give your mom or your dad or your step-grandparent or your uncle or your friend or anyone that you want to keep connected in your life who might not live near you. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. 
It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things that those friends can't be there for, from family vacations to grandkids' graduation to whatever. I have one of these, and I got one for my dad, and I got one for my mother-in-law, and it's amazing. We look at the photos all day long, and we're able to easily update their Aura frames so they see all the latest pictures from our lives as well. It comes with unlimited storage, simple controls on the frame. You can upload as many photos as you want, and your mom or your dad or your stepdad or your stepmom or your friend or whatever can pick the perfect one. And it takes only about two minutes to set up. Seriously. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, uh, The Strategist, and Wired Magazine. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code Hodgman. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code Hodgman. Terms and conditions apply. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman re-enters the courtroom. Thank you. You may be seated. Uh, this uh, courtroom has ruled on a number of cases involving weird dads, uh, such as the weird dad who was only known as Pig and Father Gnaw's Best, who had decided at some point to stop eating during the daytime and after dark only eat pepperoni. <laughs> and uh, the cow beef, in which a son brought his father to court to prohibit him from taking meditative retreat by saying cow over and over again, especially when he saw cows. And in almost all cases, I rule on the side of weird dads. But there are just as many weird moms, and I feel that they've been underrepresented both in this courtroom and uh, and in our culture. I know that there are weird moms, because I, I just, we just finished a visit from my mother-in-law here in Maine. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> And and it's not just her. My own mother, who is no longer alive, uh, well, you know, she and my dad were, you know, empty nesters. She was getting pretty weird too. A lot of hobbies, a lot of decisions, such as I'm just going to go ahead and eat my cornflakes with a pint of heavy cream, <laughs> which is fantastic <laughs> if you've never had it, <laughs> but not but not something you would do under scrutiny of other human beings. We don't hear about weird moms so much, and especially not from from children. Weird dads tend to be, you know, even even the even the the people who are bringing their weird dads to this court, they tend to celebrate their dad's weirdness. They're extroverts, they're performers, and you know, the thing of it is that when these older husbands lose their minds and start acting like children, the unfair thing is we expect the moms to hold it all together and not be weird, but that's not fair because moms were children once too. And when they regress, they regress to a time when they had a sense of humor and had fun and were weird in just the same way. They deserve it. And the reality is, uh, uh, Molly, your mom is having the time of her life. I hope that that's true, Susan, because that's a sense that I get. Five <laughs> yes. months in Lima, Peru, Denver, Colorado. Maybe I'll go here. Maybe I'll go there. She's retired. She's enjoying herself. She loves a lime lime Ricky. They're yum, yum, yummy. <laughs> Like, I want to get there so bad. You you have no idea. I want to be there. I want to be where you are, Susan, so bad. You have no idea. <laughs> You'll enjoy it. And the thing, and the reason that this happens, of course, is that, uh, you know, and, and 
when you get older, and I and I can, I do keep in mind the deterioration of the brain that comes when you have children that don't appreciate you, because I am just beginning. I'm just beginning that journey, and I see where it's going, Susan. Because when you get age, <laughs> when you get age, you devote all your time to these human beings, and then they go away, and they don't care about you anymore. And as you get older, you, you the culture at large. Uh, basically writes you off as human garbage and stops paying attention to you. And unless you're gifted, uh, and truly I think it's a gift, unless you're gifted with strong faith uh, in, in some in an afterlife, you see where this is all heading and it's depressing, right? And the compensation is that you get to do whatever you want because <laughs> no one really cares what you do anymore. The repercussions <laughs> for weird behavior evaporate. It's liberating and invigorating to stop care about what other peop people think, and it makes you feel good. And one thing that makes parents feel extra good is the pleasure of humiliating and embarrassing their children with their own weird behavior. <laughs> this is a critical hazing of, uh, of youth that is important to your maturation, Molly, that your mom do things that embarrass you. Right, and also call attention to the fact that you're eating food off the floor. That's good. <laughs> There's an important compensation for aging, but however, it does not relieve you, Susan, of the rights to be a decent citizen in the world. Emily Post, manners are not there to control people's behavior. Manners are there to make other people feel comfortable. And that's why social mores change, because as more and more people wear their dumb baseball hats into restaurants, people feel more comfortable with it, and therefore it is not so important to take them off. As wrong as I think that is. And the reality is, manners exist so that other people feel comfortable, so that you are still showing respect to the world and the way the world operates. Just being old doesn't obviously give you license to harm or hurt others. You still must show respect to the people around you. It is absolutely okay to clip your nails wherever you want in your home in Lima, Peru. Have a clipping party. <laughs> and it is okay to embarrass your children on purpose. I highly endorse it. But it is equally important to have a basic fluency in how the world works and what it expects. And when you lose sight of that, which you haven't, Susan, but when you do lose sight in your in of what the world specs and how it operates, then that just becomes a, a sad kind of derangement, right? So, I love you, Susan, and I love the fact that you would rather call your daughter a uh, 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 malicious uh, uh, garbage eater than acknowledge that maybe you made a mistake in this practice. I appreciate your spirit. And if you had thrown yourself on the mercy of this court and simply said what I think is true, I did a thing that I'm not so proud of, and I'm embarrassed by it, and I'm just not going to do it again, and I apologize to my daughter. The fact that you refuse to apologize to your daughter or any, anyone makes me like you more, but makes this court judge you more harshly. <laughs> Thus, the court finds in the favor of Molly with regard to the specific request that you not be allowed to clip your fingernails anymore. I can't believe that's what you meant, Molly. <laughs> I believe uh, it. <laughs> in, in, in fact, you should continue to clip your fingernails and practice basic hygiene, but, 
but do it in those places uh, that are provided for the shedding of DNA in our culture, restrooms, and not dining rooms, even if it's just a little hangnail snip. You know it's not true. I don't care if it's under the table. It doesn't make it right. Take that stuff indoors. I order you both, meanwhile, to go get manicures together. I've never <laughs> yes. had one, but I hear it's fun. <laughs> That'll happen when I, when I get my place in Brooklyn very soon. Good. Well, I hope that, I hope that we'll all get together for uh, a martini and some fried chicken at Sidecar soon. I hope by now I've earned my free meal at Sidecar. No, don't worry. I'll pay for it. I know I will now that I'm going to get that uncooked bacon. But in the meantime, uh, that is my ruling. This is the sound of a gavel. Judge John Hodgman rules that is all. Please rise as Judge John Hodgman exits the courtroom. How are you feeling, Molly? I feel elated. How about you, Susan? <laughs> oh, I think I probably got what I deserved. <laughs> and I'm thrilled that he, that he said he liked me. <laughs> yeah, maybe I had too many lime lime rickies. I don't buy that I do it all the time, but I probably shouldn't have done it then. And I probably had a couple too many lime lime rickies. Yeah. Yes. They do sound taste, taste, tasty. <laughs> or whatever that weird thing was that you said before. Yum, yum, yummy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Molly, Susan, thank you so much for joining us on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Thank you. Thank you. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on. Most of the plants humans eat are technically grass. Most of the asphalt we drive on is almost a liquid. The formula of WD-40 is San Diego's greatest secret. Zippers were invented by a Swedish immigrant love story. On the podcast Secretly Incredibly Fascinating, we explore this type of amazing stuff. Stuff about ordinary topics like cabbage and batteries and socks. Topics you'd never expect to be the title of the podcast. Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. Find us by searching for the word secretly in your podcast app. And at MaximumFun.org. Judge Hodgman, have you booked your tickets yet to Lima? Yeah, uh, click, 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 typey, type, type, and yes, send. I have booked my tickets to Lima. I am going I am going to go uh, uh, over to Susan's house and um, eat some of that Peruvian cuisine off of her floor. I have also completed my uh, pledge submission to WERU.org here uh, to thank Joel and uh, everyone here at Community Radio Station in Blue Hill, Maine, for all their help. I'm going to miss them when I'm not here anymore. Well, I mean, it is nice... That when you're doing it from your house, you don't have to wear clothes. Oh, I'm not wearing any clothes. This is okay. Maine. You know that Maine, that Maine is nudist from July 
30th through August 19th. <laughs> well, I mean, I guess if I had to live through those winters, I'd want to really take in the rays when they were there. Absolutely. And one more thing about Maine. You know, Jesse, we have our friend Jonathan, the Fresh Banana Man, at the southbound service plaza on I-95 in Kennebunk, Maine. Uh, the Portland Press-Herald did a little profile of uh, Jonathan and his banana salespersonship, uh, and it will run this uh, coming Sunday in the main telegram and online at pressherald.com. And you can read it and learn more about this fascinating young man. And uh, here's some quotes from yours truly, Judge John Hodgman. I was interviewed while waiting for my cargo van contract to be rewritten at the Enterprise Rent-A-Car lot behind the Shell Station in Bangor, Maine. I've got to tell you, that is a, a location that truly reminds you why Maine is so very special. Sounds magical. All right, Jesse, what's on the docket? Okay, we've got something from Becca here. My mother will use whatever's at hand to floss her teeth after meals. This what includes, is wrong with moms? <laughs> this right, includes pieces of mail or Oof. random pieces of paper. I'll offer to get her actual floss, but she always says, no, thank you. She doesn't do it out in public, but she has no problem doing it when she's visiting with me or my siblings at our homes. My dad and I think this is a gross habit. Judge Hodgman, will you please tell my mom to use real floss? Look, I don't care what your mom flosses her teeth with, so long as she does not do it in front of other humans. I'm glad she doesn't do it uh, in restaurants that I that I frequent in Brooklyn, but I extend I would extend that same basic human courtesy to your own homes. If I'm going to floss, I'm going to go to the bathroom, and I'm going to use floss, but uh, it doesn't really matter. That's a matter of personal choice. Tell your mom, go into the bathroom, and if you want, you can even give her a little kit, a little quiver of flossing items, such as credit cards and swizzle sticks and pieces of twine, and maybe a length of your own hair, if she's so unchoosy. A toothpick for picking your teeth in front of other humans is okay, in an outdoor eating establishment where barbecue is served. But otherwise, keep all that stuff in private, you guys. Have you ever seen the movie The Limey? You know, I'm embarrassed to say I have not. Oh, well, dude, number one, you should watch it. It's a wonderful movie. Yeah, that's what I've heard. There's this great part where Peter Fonda, who is a record executive in the movie, like a, like a baby boomer, you know, golden age of Rolling Stone type record executive is explaining something to his girlfriend, who is the daughter of an old friend of his. She's like 25 or something. And um, as he's explaining, he, what he's explaining is what the 60s were all about. And as he's doing it, he's cleaning his teeth in the mirror with one of those little sword things. Yeah. Like the little, you know, the kind that's like a bottle brush. Yeah, I know it's exactly what you're talking about. And it's one of the most, uh, and he kind of goes... At the end, and yep. it's one of the most compelling like minutes of cinema I've ever seen. And apparently it just happened because Steven Soderbergh just asked Peter Fonda one day about why he had such nice teeth. Um, ah. And Peter Fonda just whipped one of those out and was like, oh, yeah, this is why. And that is, in fact, what the 60s is all about. <laughs> Old, older dudes who are into themselves talking to younger people about how great the 60s were while taking care of their decaying bodies. Here's, here's a note from Gabriella. I'm an American student studying abroad in London. You mentioned in one of your podcasts that you'll also spend a semester in London and worked at a cheese stop on Butte Street. 
I heard that particular fact just as I was exiting the South Kensington tube station. Since I was in the area, I went to find out the fate of your beloved cheese shop. Jeroboam's, it was called. I approached the owner of a local French language bookstore, and he remembered the cheese shop. He said it was run out of business because, quote, the youth they hired did not know what they were doing, unquote. He also told me that a young woman who worked there once sold him cheese with little critters in it. <laughs> the former cheese shop storefront currently houses Acosta Coffee, the world's second largest coffee chain. Butte I'll allow Street that buzz marketing since I gave so much love to Sidecar. Butte Street now mostly consists of food shops that sell bread in various forms. Uh, and she sent in a photo, and I can verify that that is this. That's I remember that shop front so distinctly. I remember standing out there, um, just watching all. The reason there was a French language bookstore on the street is there's a French language high school at the end of the street, and I would watch all the pimply young French boys and girls walk up and down the street and and loathe me. And then I would go inside and sell pavé daffinois to Elton John's percussionist. Oh, what a time I had selling cheese at that very place. But it did go away. I believe there are still branches of Jeroboam's in London. I saw one as recently as, I think, 2009. But that particular branch closed because the young people, they did not know what they were doing. Now, it's possible that what the, the cheese with little critters in it maybe, maybe could be the kazu marzu which is the famous rotten cheese of Sardinia that is served with little uh, uh, cheese fly larvae inside of it. But I think probably it was just some cheese that went bad. <laughs> Any more cheese recommendations that you need, Jesse? Um, no, but I, I really appreciate those. And hey, Jesse, since I'm talking about some of my favorite places to eat and drink uh, cheese, and I do drink a lot of cheese, uh, I, I admit it. Uh, I I don't want to I don't want to not give love to my other favorite restaurant in Brooklyn, Tall Day. Since I'm since I'm being homesick and and catching free meals, or at least hoping that Tall Day won't lock their doors to me because I talked about that other restaurant for a while. Tall Day sure does make some good fried chicken as well, but not the Southern style fried chicken that Sidecar makes. A Korean fried chicken with a sriracha sauce that is good. Oh, that sounds nice. You know, uh, there was a restaurant in Red Hook, Brooklyn, that used to listen to Maximum Fun podcasts in the kitchen, and they were kind enough to invite me there, and uh, I I dined uh, on free appetizers, uh, and I probably ordered too many other things, given that then all of a sudden free appetizers started appearing. Nah. Uh, unfortunately, I think the from what I've heard, the Max Fun fans that used to work there no longer work there, but I wonder... If there are any restaurants out there with kitchen staffs who listen to Judge John Hodgman while they're preparing food. If you are, write in and I will come and visit your kitchen. <laughs> yeah, and we'll, we'll make a sort of uh, like a Mr. Rogers style thing out of it. Yeah, I'll come and visit your kitchen and eat food off the floor. I'll eat some gradu. <laughs> well, um, gradu very much, Jesse, for, for, coming, for coming back. I hope you've had a good summer. And uh, gradu to all the listeners, uh, and gradu again to WERU here in uh, Blue Hill, Maine. And, uh, you know, I love killing and eating those lobsters, but I also love thinking about home. That's what the end of summer means. Special thanks to our producer, Julia Smith, our editor, Mark McConville, all our friends out there in Maine. Um, gradu, guys. 
If you've got a case for Judge John Hodgman, email it to us at hodgman at maximumfund.org. I cannot stress this enough. We need your cases. Hodgman at maximumfund.org or use our easy to use web form at maximumfund.org slash jjho. Maximumfund.org slash jjho. Easy peasy. It'll be great. It'll be awesome. It'll be famous. All your, you'll get to talk to your hero, Judge John Hodgman. You know he's your hero. You can like us on Facebook if you want a chance to name future episodes of Judge John Hodgman. Our thanks this week to Brian Kopp. We'll talk Gradu, to you, Brian. We'll talk to you next time on the Judge John Hodgman podcast. Court is adjourned. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.